Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Welcome to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I'm your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robinson. This is the show where I usually review a comic in the span of a little coffee break. This time it's going to be slightly different because I'm going to review a comic probably in less time than it takes you to brew that coffee. Because I'm talking about Geek Girl issue number six. Want me to sum it up for you? I will. It is basically Ruby, Summer, and new character, the Minger, go to a nightclub. That is the bare bones of it. My review of it? It's wonderful! It's amazing! It moves the story along in so many ways that you wouldn't believe just in this one situation. I kid you not. And the art, the art is beautiful, the storytelling is great, but, quite frankly, I'm not the person to talk to you about this. You know who is? Geek Girl creator and writer, Sam Johnson. And right after this promo break, he's going to be joining me to talk up some Geek Girl. Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Written by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Art by Nate Niles. Colors by Ace Wheelie and Ken Solomon. Letters by Percival Constantine. And edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central. C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.big.com cartel.com that's the yard sale artist.bigcartel.com or you can buy it directly from me creator jared albrecht the yard sale artist at any of my comic con appearances hamilton versus burr a werewolf tale get your copy today you won't regret it don't take my word for it here's what ming chen from amc's tv series comic book men had to say about it i really enjoyed it a lot of great werewolf scenes in here a lot of great uh, this is how I wish history would be told to kids. <laughs> Books like uh, Hamilton versus Burr, A Werewolf Tale. That's Hamilton versus Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Welcome back to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. Well, listeners, I have a treat for you. Joining me again, because quite frankly, I can't get enough of this guy, is writer of Geek Girl, Sam Johnson. 
Sam, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you for having me back. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am also good, thank you. All right, so it's been nearly a year since you were last on the show. So uh, how have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, well, things are going well with Geek Girl. Uh, recently thought I may have had COVID, but I didn't. Uh, so that, that was a bonus when you haven't got it. Uh, the the testing thing's fun. But uh, yeah, so we were, we were going to do this uh, a little while back and then that happened, but it was uh, I was ill, but uh, it wasn't anything big and uh, long since been back to normal. Um, building things up with Geek Girl, um, going well, really pleased with, with what we've got going on with it. Good, good. Well, for those of you who may not have listened to Sam's previous appearance, first of all, shame on you. But, oh, yeah. You know, to catch you up, he is the writer of a comic called Geek Girl. And trust me, folks, there is nothing anti-geek in this series, so you don't need to worry about being made fun of. <laughs> Certainly is not. So well, that's it. it's a brief, if for anyone that's not familiar with Geek Girl, Geek Girl is Ruby K. Hot popular cardstick lands a pair of super tech glasses, give us super strength and flight abilities. Uh, initially trying to demonstrate this to her cool kid click, she alienates them. They think she's just a bit crazy because basically all she ends up doing is knocking drinks over the designer dresses, not used to her super strength. Her BFF Summer is behind her, though, kind of pushes into becoming a superhero. Jokingly gives her the name Geek Girl based on her klutzy actions. Ruby steps up, becomes a proper bona fide superhero, and has now uh, been offered a, a role fronting a super team. And you're now on issues uh, six and seven of the ongoing. Yeah. And I really appreciate the way the issues have played out because, I mean, this is just moving the story along like like nobody's business. <laughs> and I especially love the appearances by Carbaccini and the mystery surrounding uh, new character Carrie's helmet. Uh, yeah, and thank you for pronouncing Carbaccini correctly. That's a, a rare... <laughs> hey, I learned from last time. Okay, cool then. Uh, yeah, so Carbaccini voodoo junkie hitwoman is a character I created a while back and I wanted to introduce to Geek Girl, but I didn't want to do like a sort of crossover for the sake of crossover. So there's some sort of weird occult goings on that lead to her kind of getting hired as a guy. Issue five is like the jump on issue where, where everything starts with this super team and uh, something that happens and that is this, this, right at the beginning of the issue actually. There's a guy who's sort of dabbling in the occult and then someone comes in and shoots him. And then uh, due to what he's messing around with, he's able to get the bullet out and uh, he's trying to contact someone in his mirror and uh, ultimately she puts him on to Carbaccini. So uh, that is, that's Carbra's inroad into the, the series where she's going to play a big part. Uh, the Minger uh, is one of the future... Well, the would-be teammates of Geek Girl's super team. So I don't know, you were, you were asking about her as well? Yes. Um, I mean, I, I don't want you to, like, completely spoil anything, but uh, where'd you get the idea for the mystery about her helmet, why she doesn't take it off? I think with a lot of these, and this applies to Carver as well, is 
uh, Doom Patrol, Grant Morrison's are on big influence. Um, I was able to sort of think in weird mode, like Cabra's scene uh, where she comes into the the, uh, the comic in issue seven was kind of written stream of consciousness. Uh, as a scene I really like, where she's basically going around a supermarket smoking a cigarette, chewing, a, chewing the scenery and being generally aggressive. Uh, and uh, yeah, I really like it. And the Ming, I think, again, it's sort of like thinking in weird mode. So yeah, she's got this this helmet. There's a reason she's got this helmet, which obviously we're not going to spoil. Um, but um, she's not incredibly confident. And what happens in uh, the Tights and Capes are issue six and seven is she basically doesn't take this helmet off. So when Ruby and BFF Summer want to go to a club and invite her, she's not too keen, but it turns out that this club is is like super fancy dress, so she wouldn't actually stand out there. So uh, she loves that. Well, speaking of Doom Patrol influences, uh, I, I assume the club is inspired by Danny the Street. There, the the compare, there's a direct, yeah, there's an influence, and also we get uh, one of the people, and it, it's got a thing going on in it, which is it's the the night is themed on Seinfeld's alternative Christmas festivus, so you've got a few like events going on, one of which is a feats of strength, uh, and there's a guy that takes part in that who's come as Fex Mentor. So yeah, there's 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 the Doom Patrol thing there, Danny. Uh, is an influence on the compere who's called Madame Forsyth. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a nice nod to Doom Patrol in there. Yeah, I caught a few other DC character uh, more or less cameos because it looks like there's a Jimmy Olsen in line, there's Fire from the Justice League making an appearance. So kudos to your art team making stuff like that in. Yeah, I didn't even notice Fire. So, yeah, that's uh, that's... Carlos. Carlos is a massive Carlos Grander, or, or Grander, as he's now decided he prefers to be called, because <laughs> he hates the name Carlos uh, for some reason. So uh, it's great. I've got to get used to calling him Grander. But yeah, he's a huge Superman fan. So he, he drew someone in fancy dressed as Jimmy Olsen. Um, and to give you an idea, if anyone comes to the Geek Girl Facebook group occasionally there's this the Carlos's Superman collection posted and it's massive. He's got fifty two Superman T shirts to start and Wow. Yeah, he's a big Superman fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what else can you tell us about your art team? Uh well I mean Carlos uh, the, the the team has been with it has worked on almost all issues. Carlos has worked on all issues. Chunglin Zhao is the colorist, terrific colorist. Um, they both bring a lot to it. I mean, Carlos is, is great in bringing out facial expressions and body language that the characters aren't you know, nailed down in the script. Chunglin just, just does a great job, and particularly, actually, in, in this, because of this issue being set in this club, uh, Club Night Freaky Kiki's, where this, this uh, Festivus thing is taking place, the the lighting she's done is, is great. Like she's, it's a, a, a limit of variant cover that we've done for six and seven, as well as the regular ones where you've got like two adjoining covers and just sh showcasing all the characters that are involved and just the lighting that Chunlin's done on it is, is great. It's some of my favorite, uh, well, probably my favorite covers. Um, and yeah, she really brings, you know, a great club feel to it, which uh, I think, you know, just, 
elevates it beyond certainly if, if it was in black and white you're getting much more of a you know you feel like you're in this club oh yeah i mean everybody on there is doing a wonderful job i can't give them enough praise yeah, Paul McLaren as well, been with us. Uh, and again, like Chumlin, there was only one issue that both Paul and Chumlin weren't involved in, and, and they've been with it through the entire ongoing series, and everyone runs it, runs it, and everyone is into it. So, you know, really excited to be carrying on with it. Um, I mean, something that we're setting up in, in the current arc is there's a conflict coming between uh, the Super team has been put together by an entrepreneur called Johnny Carlisle, who is a slightly, seemingly morally dubious character, um, who seems to sort of bat for both sides of, you know, the light and the dark. Uh, and he's got this right-hand man, Digger Mensch, who's helped him as part of what he's doing. He's in the end of the miniseries where they live in Maine. Two police stations get trashed. Uh, by this big bad lightning storm and, and, and the initial thing that Johnny is the cave foundation named after Ruby K their initial thing is they rebuild these police stations before setting up this super team now his right hand man Digger Mench his pals are not so on the straight and narrow so whereas the the relationship with Johnny Carlisle had, had benefited them before because they were able to get like super tech weaponry on the download because Johnny was seemingly indiscriminate into, into who he sold it to. Now they're rebuilding two police stations on their doorstep and setting up a superhero HQ. This is not so great, not so beneficial for Degas' pals. So there's a bit of a conflict uh, at what side is uh, is Degas uh, going to take because what happens in issue six is basically he's, he's put in a position where he needs to pick a side now. Okay, and circling back, uh, where did the name Minger come from? Well, the Minger, do you have that word in in America at all? It's not in my vocabulary. It might be in other places, but it's not mine. Like, uh, it's the kind of, do you know Catherine Tate? Yes. So she had a sketch show in the UK, and there was like a teenage girl, and such a Minger is the kind of... uh, insult she used so it means like really ugly basically but the minger has self named herself this so this says something about her perception of herself now we don't know what's under this helmet and she's got a banging body uh but we don't know what's under this helmet so uh for some reason she has decided to call herself that which, whether that is accurate or not, psychologically, it probably suggests she's not in a massively high self-esteem place. Okay, okay. So for those of us that are completely unfamiliar with it, we can spot it in some of the old uh, Lauren Cooper skits, basically? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if she actually used that term, but that's the kind of kind of term she would use as, a, as an insult. It's a very, very British sort of teenage insult. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, there's also a brief appearance in issue six by Guano Guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Darden's character, Guano Guy, who's a uh, 
anti-altruistic superhero who's just doing it for the merchandising opportunities, basically. Uh, so, like, Guano guys, his own series, Mark's recently finished the Kickstarter, and, and uh, that actually leads us quite well onto, onto the Geek Girl Kickstarter, but to say some more about Guano guy. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not really, you know, as a superhero, he's not very heroic. So he doesn't tend to get into too many fights. An example of a bank job being foiled was, uh, I forget whether he, he punctured the tires or siphoned all the gas out of the, the car <laughs> so they could drive off. Uh, but it, it didn't involve any direct conflict. He did that and then just ran off. Uh, so he doesn't like to, things to be too, too dangerous. Uh, so he's one of the people that's been invited. I mean, this is this came about through a previous Kickstarter where you could um, there's a plane flying out in issue five to the new HQ carrying some of the superheroes, and people could back to get uh, a cameo so they'd appear on this plane. With what this plane then gets attacked, so it's quite a dramatic scene. And uh, Mark Darden wanted to get his characters, one a guy, Mr. Marvelous Man in there and then I thought it'd be quite cool to have Guano Guy become one of these or be one of these would-be members of the super team but uh, so things don't quite go to plan with the super team the, the, the plane gets attacked on the route there and uh, things go where they go from there but uh, I'm, I'm friends with Mark and um, yeah to go back to the, the kickstart situation he's just um, completed his now the next Geek Girl one was intended to come out around about now, uh, just a couple of days from now. Um, but because of the corona situation, whereas normally when I've submitted a Geek Girl Kickstarter, it's taken like three days to approve. Uh, this time it took significantly longer. Now, this is the reasons for this are partly to do with corona. They've lost staff it's a kick, kickstart your, your impression or, or someone's impression might be that it's a, a monolithic outfit but it is there's not a huge staff there so whereas when i did my last kickstarter it was uh, when covid just started and there was so much uncertainty and people don't know what their finances would be like um it was a little bit tricky um and you weren't quite sure the way to go with it so i kind of scaled it down a bit because i didn't want to be you know beating the drum too hard when people were in that situation but in the long term it's actually worked out that kickstarter is getting more submissions than ever i think that partly came about when comic shops weren't getting delivered to uh, I think it's partly down to, you know, the lack of movies and, you know, TV shows getting made. So, you know, people, comics is a, is a form of entertainment that can still be created uh, with, you know, irrespective of the corona situation. So anyway, the upshot of this is if you submit something to Kickstarter at the moment, it takes longer to get approved. Uh, mine took longer than I would need it to in order to pre-hype the campaign so when i originally submitted i was expecting i didn't know everything i just said i was expecting it to you know be quick like it always has been but it took a while so it didn't leave enough time to do the pre-hype so i'm going to move it to next year uh, i'll be announcing the date in the new year but uh, it's it's all right because it's you know issue six and seven have only just come out <clears throat> so it's not like there's going to be a monolithic gap and also it'll, it'll give me the opportunity to devote full time to it 
because I have a part-time day job. Uh, I like to take all, all the time off as holiday and fully devote to kickstart. And then you can imagine in, at the end of October, I haven't got many holidays left for this year. Uh, and another reason it's going to work well is, and this is what led me to, to getting on to this, is Mark's next Guano guy Kickstarter is, is, is going to be early next year as well, early-ish next year. So we'll, we'll sync up and be able to do some cross-promotion and maybe even do some, you know, uh, sort of mutual rewards going on. Mm, good, good. And the uh, Kickstarter is for both issues 8 and 9, is that correct? It's, it's issue 8 and 9, and it's also going to be for the third trade. Uh, so the uh, yeah, so if, if you you can come in new to the new arc on that, or uh, pick up from issues six and seven. Either way, there's, there'll be something for either crap. And folks, seriously, Sam has some of the best Kickstarter rewards I've seen, and some amazing giveaways throughout the year if you're on his mailing list. So even if you don't immediately back the Kickstarter, although you really should, sign up for the mailing list. You'll always know when there's something coming, and it's always exciting when Sam has new comics. Yeah, I mean, you also get, like, currently, if you if you join the mailing list, which is at geekgirlcomics.com, you get a free digital preview comic that's got a good chunk of the first issue of the original miniseries, and also preview material from the, the current arc, so it's a good, uh, a good uh, little free comic there, quite substantial. Um, and yeah, once you're on the mailing list, you'll be the first to hear when we announce the uh, the date. And the Kickstarter has been approved now, so there's no ambiguity. Once we once we set the new date, that will be the launch date, 100%. And Geek Girl was recently featured in one of the indie comic mags over there, wasn't it? Uh, that's yeah, it's not come out yet. That's um, mm-hmm. comic scene. Uh, they did. Uh, they're doing an annual where. It would, it's basically made up of a lot of short stories from indie comic characters, and, and Geek Girl's going to be in that. Um, so that's quite cool uh, to be a part of. Um, yeah, should be a, should be a fun book. They're just finishing things up now. It's intended to come out sometime in November. Uh, so yeah, comic scene, all one word. You can find them on Facebook and uh, on Twitter. Uh, is that a reprint or is it a uh, <clears throat> excuse me an original story? It's an original story, but it's part of what we're doing in the main series, so it will be reprinted in in the main series. Uh, so basically, it's it's a ch- it will form a ch- a chunk of issue nine. So if you want to get the jump on that and get that story away before issue comes up, uh, nine comes out before you get the rest of it then uh, you can actually, yeah, in fact, that's actually a, a, a thing, is there is going to be, between the Kickstarter and uh, issue six and seven, there is that there. So think of it as a sort of big preview of issue nine, which you can get quite some time in advance of issue nine actually coming out. And it's a really fun story with a new character, Mean Girl, who's kind of setting herself up, as, as you might infer, to be a potential arch-enemy for Geek Girl. And she's all very, like, Callie and, like, that soul and totally and all that, and a really fun character. Uh, so I'm looking forward to people uh, getting introduced to her. Uh, and for those of you who don't live in the UK, you know, people like me, Comic Scene does have a digital edition of the magazine, so don't don't hesitate to pick it up, folks. Yeah, and there's, it's good. I mean, it's going to be jam-packed. It's like 
what what the what the guy behind it wanted to do was like in the UK you used to get these hardcover. I don't know whether they had these in America, but there were there were a thing at Christmas in the UK where you get a hardcover like a like your 2008 gig, so like an oversized annual uh, made up of a number of strips. So we wanted to bring that concept back, but spotlighting you know various UK independent creators uh, and their creations. And yeah, it's it's mostly new stuff. So it's yeah, it's a fun thing to be a part of. It should be a good, a nice, uh, nice Christmas present. I think it's mainly designed as. Good, good. Well, last time you were here, you answered a series of questions totally unrelated to Geek Girl, and this time around won't be much different. I mean, cool. these are slightly related, but you know, listeners love the fun questions, and I love to ask them. So, okay. you know, who am I to deprive them or me? Absolutely. Okay, so in Geek Girl number six, we see Summer and Ruby relaxing with some wine. What do you think their attitudes are towards coffee? Uh, well, they they quite like coffee because they get drunk a lot, so it's a good uh, antidote the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, both, both quite big coffee drinkers. Alrighty. So, if you could have Geek Girl team up with any other superheroes outside of the Geek Girl universe, who would you choose? Uh, I've got, I've got to say Deadpool. Deadpool is, is something I'm, I'm, you know, a big fan of that character. I think that could be really fun. Presumably you'd have the hots for her. Uh, yeah, that could be a, a fun, uh, fun story. Okay, and would it be Summer or Ruby donning the glasses? I mean, Ruby is, is geek girl in the new arc uh, because uh, Ruby, when they go to this club, wants to go incognito. Summer had previously filled in uh, as geek girl, so, and she loved it, but she hasn't got the, the propensity for it, the natural ability that Ruby has. So as part of the new thing, uh, someone gets to go as Geek Girl in the costume with the glasses that give the powers, uh, which is great fun for her, but Ruby K is Geek Girl. So, who wins in an arm wrestling match? Geek Girl or the Tick? Uh, well, I mean, those those super tech glasses, the, the super strength is, is pretty powerful. So, um, uh, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I'm going to have to say... I mean, the tick's got big muscles, but uh, I, I, my money's on Geek Girl. Well, for those who have read issue seven, you probably know why Sam's saying this. Yes, that is, uh, there's a feats of strength uh, reference there, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so one more question. If you could cast a Geek Girl movie, who would you pick for Ruby and who would you pick for Summer? That's tough. I could see... I could, yeah, the much maligned uh, Megan Fox, I think, could work as Ruby, although Ruby's like 21, so probably you'd need someone younger there now. So I can't offer them anything as a name for that. Uh, Summer. Now, Summer was kind of, her look was based on a friend of mine uh, called Chris. Um, so it's very hard for me to uh, kind of 
disassociate her from it. And like she, uh, who unfortunately is, is no longer with us, uh, she had some very bad health problems and she had cancer. Oh, um, but she she loved it. And um, when I was like doing like various promos, I noticed uh, uh, another black girl that was into cosplay, and I I ran the idea of her cosplaying uh, as summer geek girl by chris and chris was very not keen on that idea so i think there's a, a sense of propriety there so it's quite difficult to uh to uh step away from that it'd have to be chris i have to do some research into more research into who chris liked and uh maybe we could find an actress that she'd be happy with okay well <laughs> I don't know that I could get any better than that. So thank you, Sam. I do appreciate you setting aside some time today to stop by and talk some geek girl. Uh, before you go, do please let listeners know where they can find you and find out more about geek girl. So, uh, there's a Facebook group. Anytime you search geek girl, it's geek hyphen girl. Uh, cause there was a series of books that's just geek girl. So you're going to be led down the wrong path if you don't put the hyphen in. And also, uh, searching with Sam Johnson. If you put that into Google, loads of stuff will come up, but geek girl comic book on Facebook. Uh, there's a group, uh, always stuff posting there. Uh, Sam Johnson comics on Instagram, uh, Ruby underscore K K A Y E underscore on twitter and the best place is uh, geekgirlcomics.com and so if you join the mailing list big free preview digital comic and it'll be the first place to hear when we announce the official kickstarter release date and everybody please do support sam's kickstarter this is different this is uh, i can't even talk this morning this is a series that's so different from what the big companies are putting out right now and i doubt you'll be disappointed i mean Really, folks, you're tired of the same old shtick. This is the fun side of the, the comic spectrum. Yeah, and it's it's unpredictable. Like the whole thing with the super team, you cannot predict where this is going to go. Right from the outset, it takes a turn, and I'm having really fun with with keeping people on. I mean, there's a I, I won't say anything about future cliffhangers. We've had some good cliffhangers. Uh, I like to keep people on their toes with it. And at the heart of it is Ruby and Summer's relationship. They're, they're these great friends and it's, you know, it's it's really a really nice relationship. Uh, and it kind of, there's all this weirdness going around, going around them, uh, partly from the Doom Patrol influence, but at the heart of it is their friendship and uh, and they're, they're really fun characters. See, you heard it here, folks. That's That's all you need to know. <laughs> It's definitely fun, but you get more out of it, too. So, Sam, again, thank you so much for stopping by. And this is where I'm afraid we have to part ways, but I will be back with some listener feedback. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. And every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the quarter bin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. 
The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast on iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. Welcome back, folks. Last episode, if you'll remember, was an interview with writer and artist Ron Randall. The last episode got likes, shares, Twitter, favorites, retweets, all that fun stuff from Chris Lydon, The Hammer Strikes, Green Lantern HG, Trekker Talk, Lori S. Sutton, Rad Adventures Network, Secret Wars and Beyond, The Telltale Mind, Billy Delicious, Laurel, Edmore Jr., Tim Price, Ron Randall himself, Mother Pugger, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Comics in the Golden Age, David I.B., Mike Goolsby, Fabiano, David Gallagher, Batman Creators, Glenn Nutuhil, sorry if I butchered that, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Austin 2844, and Xenozoic Xenophiles. And over on Facebook, we got the same from Gene Hendricks, Randall Andrews, Jerry Green, Hal Jordan, John Baker, Pat Sampson, Michael Lane, Derek William Crabb, Bill Beer, and Ruth and Darren Sutherland. On Twitter, we got feedback from Laurel, who says, Nice episode. Enjoyed the end question about favorite bounty hunters. Plus, I don't drink a lot of coffee. (gasps) Heresy, Laurel! But I understand Mercy and Molly thinking it's in the top ten achievements of civilization. You just redeemed yourself, Laurel. You just redeemed yourself. Trekker Talk says, Love the scuff questions. Way to go. And they sent us a nice little picture of Scuff diving into some water. Uh, one of the best pets in all of comics, folks. You think I'm kidding, but I'm not. And good old Green Lantern HG says, Clinton, my friend, I'm so sorry I'm late, but what a great job you did with the interview with Mr. Randall. I always love hearing his creative process, and you can tell how passionate he is about Trekker. Great episode, man. Well, I appreciate it, HG, but all that praise that you give Mr. Randall, yep, that is well-earned, folks. So that pretty much wraps it up on this episode. I want to thank Sam Johnson again for joining me. He was such a great guest, wasn't he, folks? Definitely go check out Geek Girl. I cannot praise it enough. And trust me, that quick review at the very first, that was not just because Sam was on the episode. I really do enjoy Geek Girl a lot. So, thank you for joining me for all of this. And until next time, this is the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, 
or on Twitter at Coffee Comics BLG.